We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz podcast. This is the December 20th episode, and we, as always, are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I am your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Today, we are talking to Eric Moody, who's a writer for Fantasy Data NFL, The Athletic, and Dynasty League Football, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. He's fresh off his top 10 overall ranking finish for Week 15 in Fantasy Pros. So who better to have on the podcast to help you win your Fantasy Football Championship than the great Eric Moody? Please follow him on Twitter at Eric and Moody. Eric, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back on the Fantasy Football Mailbag. Yeah, yeah, very excited to be here. Yeah, thanks again for the uh, invite, Mike. Good to always catch up with uh, the folks over at uh, Rotoviz. But yeah, things are going great. It's just really hard to believe that we're almost at the end of the season. I know we've got week 17, but that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But uh, I hope this uh, status quo persists for the rest of the day because things are going awesome, man. Oh, that's fantastic, man. And and the update, first I want to get an update on you. How are you doing? Because I remember you were writing for Rotoviz. You were all over the place. Grinder, near and dear to my heart. Always great insight here, analyzing, breaking things down and and predictions. So where are you up to right now here and, and what do you work on? 2019, you know, I've, I've contributed to uh, Dynasty League Football, Fantasy Data, and uh, had an opportunity to write for the uh, Athletic uh, Fantasy, you know, for uh, this regular season. So those are really the three main places where you can uh, find my content. So always do a lot of uh, pre-planning during this time of the year for the next year. So uh, there, there could be some changes. You know, we'll see in places where I write. But uh, I know Fantasy Data will be one I'll continue to contribute to. And who knows? I may even uh, come back to the Viz. I know I haven't contributed an article there in a while. 
Oh, it'd be fantastic, man. Welcome back with open arms. You're, you are one of the best. You know, I started, Eric, with everyone here the last few weeks talking about the preseason, looking back on what you thought hits, misses, the ones you nailed, the one you missed there, the one that got away, if you will. So just give me a rundown here. Who are some of the biggest hits, the guys who, who produced exactly at the high or low level that you thought they would, and then maybe the one that got away that you, you're sitting here scratching your head going, how did I miss that one? Yeah, it was it was two that immediately came to mind, you know, that hit. Uh, I know one was a quarterback, uh, Josh Allen, you know, with the Bills, and uh, Dalvin Cook, I know, running back, you know, Minnesota Vikings. I know both of those uh, two players have had, you know, really, really good seasons. My memory serves me right. I think Dalvin Cook is the RB2 or 3 in uh, PPR, and uh, Josh Allen, I believe, is the uh, QB6. So I would say the one miss which I had a, a high number of shares of him out there was David Johnson. Yep. I felt like David Johnson was a perfect fit, you know, for uh, that scheme out in uh, the desert, but that clearly was not the case. So I would say that's my uh, biggest miss for uh, 2019. You know, it's funny. The misses are the ones that we remember, but we don't remember the ones that we were spot on about. So uh, the next question here that came in, which is really I'm being selfish here, Eric, because I need this answer. So I'm taking notes here as you answer it. So I'm in the Action Network Finals here championship, and I have... I'm looking at the Tampa Bay wide receiving core, and I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to go with. So the question comes in, of course, Godwin Evans are down. So next man up in Tampa, there's so many options there, Justin Watson. But of course, the key that I picked up this week, and I can't believe I did it, Brashad Perriman. So I'm going to ask you here from the listener, is this really happening? (laughs) And how do you project the Tampa playmakers here in really a nice week 16 spot against Houston? Well, I, I will say the answer is yes, it is really happening. Rashad Perriman is going to help win leagues. And so um, it, it's funny. You look at the Bucs, I'm like, they rank second in the NFL with about 40 pass attempts per game. That trend will definitely continue in week 16. Like you look at Jameis, I know he leads the NFL with about 94 pass attempts of about 20 or more yards, according to a fantasy data's a deep ball passing metric. So you look at Perriman, and he's going to operate as the uh, number one receiver, of course. I know he's caught uh, eight of 11 targets for 183 yards and four touchdowns over the last two games. You know, really, really big time performances. So in my opinion, you know, the former first round pick is a must start against the Texans this week. So I do have him currently ranked inside the top 24 and half point PPR. Uh, you know, he does provide players, you know, with a, I would say a wide receiver two floor and a wide receiver one ceiling. So I guess the next part of that question is like, well, what's the entire offense going to look like. Now, I know Justin Watson was on the radar of a lot of folks that were out there. He should see some additional targets and air yards, you know, with Godwin out. I kind of view him more as a low-end wide receiver three from a rankings perspective. It's just disappointing to see that, you know, Watson only got two targets last week against the Lions. I think O.J. Howard, you know, tight end, obviously benefits a lot from Godwin's absence. You know, he finds himself on the tight end one radar once again, no, he's caught 13 of 19 targets for 180 yards over the last three games. Hasn't caught a TD, though. You know, we'll see if that changes in a week 16. You look at the running backs, the only one I'm comfortable starting is Ronald Jones. You know, I, I do have some additional optimism about his uh, week 16 outlook with Bruce Arians' recent comments about having to lean more on the running backs as receivers out of the backfield. One thing with Jones, if you look back at some of the data, I'm like, he's only averaged 2.5 targets you know, a little bit under two receptions, 19.1 receiving yards and 2.1 air yards, you know, per game. So Peyton Barber is surprisingly the only Buccaneers running back with a receiving touchdown. So I know Jones, you know, is leading the backfield uh, with opportunities per game. 
One thing, if you look at with uh, Houston's defense, I know they've allowed an average of nearly 18 touches, 92 total yards, 1.2 touchdowns, and you know nearly 20 PPR fantasy points per game. The top running back scores over its last five, according to uh, the Rotoviz uh, Stat Explorer, which has really been one of my favorite tools of this season. I use that thing religiously every week. So, uh, you know, Jones, you know, he's the only um, uh, running back, you know, in the Buccaneers backfield with positive fantasy points over expectation. So you bring all that together. I've got him ranked as a mid-range RB3. He's obviously going to need a touchdown to kind of get to that RB2 status. So that, that in a nutshell, Mike, is uh, what's going to happen with the Buccaneers in Week 16. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So, of course, now with Scotty Miller going on the IR, so you're looking at Perriman, Justin Watson, and they brought up Ishmael Hyman from the practice squad. So, really, for all of us Justin Watson truthers, this could really be the week. But certainly, Perriman looks locked in as the wide receiver one. So, I guess I'm rolling with him. So, I'm going to, Eric, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to roll with him here in the fantasy championship, and we'll grab a beverage if if I end up winning. Sounds good. No, sounds good. I'll take you up on that. Perfect. Always down for uh, for beverages. Oh, perfect. And we'll get to that question in a little bit as well. Uh, so, of course, I have to ask you, are you ready for the Battle of the Titans here in Week 16? We all look, we preview, right, at what the, the fantasy playoffs are going to bring. And we looked at the big games, but of course, what's been talked about here, sort of under the radar, is the one in thirteen Bengals traveling to Miami to face the three and eleven Dolphins could actually decide many, many fantasy titles. You have Dalton, you have Fitzpatrick, you have Patrick Laird, you have Devontae Parker, who now all of a sudden, with the fifth year breakout, is finally happening here. So, in this catch the fever game, week sixteen here, Eric, how do you see this playing out, and who are sort of the fantasy guys you think can pop here in this game? Yeah, it's, it's funny because this game could swing fantasy championships. So at a high level, you know, do you see the Dolphins winning the game? Uh, you know, they're clearly the better team. The Bengals are 0-7, uh, you know, on the road for the season. So uh, this game will be competitive, you know, which really does make it intriguing from a uh, fantasy lens. So let's tackle the uh, the Dolphins first. So Fitzpatrick, excellent streamer. You know, he's averaged, you know, 260 passing yards and 1.5 touchdowns per game over Miami's last nine games. So you look at the Bengals' defense. I know they've, they've played quarterbacks pretty tight. You know, if you look at the, uh, the Rotoviz uh, Stat Explorer, you know, you'll see some of the data there with those top five quarterback performances, you know, over the last five games. So it doesn't look pretty. But you got to – there's always some additional context because, you know, four of those games were against uh, Brady, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, Sam Darnold, and uh, Devlin Hodges. And so, you know, look at those four quarterbacks. They've only averaged like 12.5 fantasy points per game. Now, with Derek Carr. You know, the Derek Carr. <laughs> you know, he's true for 292 yards, a touchdown, and an interception for 23 fantasy points against the Bengals back in week 11. I think that gives you more of a line of sight of what I personally expect from Fitzpatrick in this game. So you're looking at a high end QB2 with upside for more in week 16. Devontae Parker, uh, I think we know what uh, his body of work uh, this season, these last four games alone, he's averaged 19.5 PPR fantasy points per game. So, you know, he's getting 7.5 targets, 4.8 receptions, 87.5 receiving yards, 105 air yards, and a touchdown per game over that time frame. So I actually have him ranked, uh, my memory serves me right, as like my wide receiver six or seven in a half-point PPR. So we got Patrick Laird. Uh, he's getting a ton of opportunities, you know, 17.3 opportunities per game over his last three. I've got him ranked as an RB3. Right now, uh, he will need to score a touchdown in order to finish in an RB2 range. But on the running back, running back position has been as tough as always. 
So if you're if you're forced to start him, I'm like you could do worse just given the landscape. Gazicki, you know, rank have him ranked as a uh, high end tight end too. You know, he has the seven most targets on a per game basis among uh, tight ends since week eleven. So he's essentially the Dolphins' number two option in the passing game behind Parker. So clearly in this matchup, he has upside for more. Let's touch on the Bengals. So we've got uh, Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Upside QB2, especially if you've got someone that's in a uh, super flex or two QB uh, format. Look back at some of his numbers you know, for the season. I'm like, he's averaged 264.3 passing yards, a touchdown, and 1.2 interceptions per game this season. The one thing with Miami's uh, defense I know they've allowed, you know, over their um, last five games on a per-game basis, you know, 25.3 fantasy points per game. And so uh, with Dalton, you know, high-end QB2, if you're in a pinch, especially in those formats, don't be afraid to put him out there. I know I wrote more about him in uh, this week's uh, Outside the Box at The Athletic that should be published uh, sometime this morning. May even be published now. I just haven't checked. So you look at the running game with the Bengals, all about Joe Mixon. I'm like, he's averaged 24 opportunities and 17.6 PPR fantasy points per game over his last six. The changes that the Bengals made to the running game after the bye week has helped out his value tremendously. So if you're still in the playoffs, you know, if you drafted him, I know he had an ADP second or third round. Uh, feel free to deploy him as an as a RB1 for this week. I think he's going to deliver the goods in this matchup. You look at the passing game, Tyler Boyd's obviously going to be your safest bet. I'm like, he's averaged nine targets per game. I've got him ranked as a wide receiver three. Then you look at the Miami's defense. I know they're very susceptible to big wide receiver performances. And I would say if you're uh, your friend at Pinch, you know, you can use John Ross as a uh, upside wide receiver four. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed that you don't have to make that decision. Yeah, at this point, you want safety. I mean, you're, safety matters here. You don't want to take any unnecessary risks. Certainly, like you said, you broke it down beautifully. There are some val- There's some value here. So you can't just ignore this game. Joe Mixon's been incredibly hot. Absolutely there. Finally has clicked in there for the people who took him sort of end of round one, early round two in a lot of drafts. But yeah, you don't want to take too many flyers. But certainly, if the targets are there and you need a spot, this is a place you can trust, and it could swing your fantasy championship. I do my weekly waiver wire for Action Network. Last one I did this week. Want to get your thoughts on some of the players here who are available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. So the first one, it just came across my Twitter timeline that Dalvin Cook is unlikely to play on Monday. So it's leaving us between an iffy Alexander Madison or the player I want to ask you about right now, Mike Boone of the Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I do love Mike Boone uh, this week. So we, we've got that first domino that's following pretty early in the week, you know, with uh, Cook being out. You know, I did see that come across, uh, you know, Twitter as well. So I've currently got Boone ranked as a uh, top 36 uh, in the, at the running back position, excuse me. So he's top 36 right now. Uh, you know, he took advantage of the injuries to Cook in, in Madison. You know, he turned 13 rushing attempts into 56 yards and two touchdowns last week against the Chargers. Like, I'll bump Boone up to high-end RB2 status if Cook and Madison are out. And uh, just given the situation that they're in, um, I think they would want Cook and Madison healthy going into the playoffs. And I think they've got a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. I know they're playing for seeding right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if Madison's out as well. And it's the uh, Mike Boone show along with uh, a sprinkle or a dash of Amir Abdullah. You look at Green Bay, you know, they're susceptible to the run. I'm like, they've allowed an average of a 141, excuse me, total yards to running backs uh, over the last four weeks. So that, you know, that's a matchup that can be exploited. Uh, so that's how I feel about Mike Boone. Excited about the opportunity. And I'm sure a lot of people grabbed them off of waivers. 
Moving over to wide receiver, James Washington with the Steelers. So it's Duck Hodges. The question is, can we trust him? The four interceptions against Buffalo. But here you have Washington with the Steelers, who certainly, with Deontay Johnson, looks like he's the main guy and he's an explosive player. So how do you feel about Washington here? Is he someone you can plug in, let's say, as a wide receiver three? No, you're, you're spot on, Mike. Yeah, I do have him ranked as a uh, wide receiver three, you know, plus matchup against the Jets uh, secondary. You know, he does have wide receiver one uh, upside. Uh, if you look at Washington over the last like seven games, I'm like he has two wide receiver one uh, finishes. So that's a guy I'm, I'm comfortable with adding in the lineups when needed as a wide receiver three with, with upside. So one of the guys that I was almost ready to throw the, the white flag up about in the preseason here, Eric, was Anthony Miller. Loved Anthony Miller coming in, had the seven touchdowns last year, but played with the whole separated shoulder. Now he pretty much was non-existent for the first half of the year, but he's come on like gangbusters here late. So Anthony Miller with the Bears. I know it's Mitchell Trubisky. They're home against Kansas City. Really nice pass defense there. But what do you think about Miller? Is he going to continue damage? Is he going to continue killing it in the slot as he's been? No, I agree with you, Mike. I think he will continue killing it. Uh, I have him as a mid-range wide receiver three, you know, for right now from a rankings perspective. I'm like, he's he's getting the volume. I'm like, he's averaged 10.4 targets, 86 receiving yards, and over 100 air yards per game over the last five weeks. So I do like Miller. do like the matchup. I know it's not always wise to – you know, have success or failure depend on Mitch Trubisky, but he has played better as of late. <laughs> and the last one I'll ask you about here, Noah Fant with the Broncos. Uh, Noah Fant injured, but is coming back home here. He's facing the Lions. He's been a nice target here for Drew Locke. The rookie has really produced, had the big game a few weeks ago where he had that one catch for 75 yards and won people a lot of money there in DFS. But can we trust Noah Fant at home in Week 16 of the Fantasy Football Championship? Absolutely, we can trust uh, Noah Fan. You know, I have him ranked right now as a high-end uh, tight end, too. Uh, he's averaging 14.2 yards per reception. And if you look at uh, Fantasy Data's uh, yard per pass route metric, I'm like, he ranks 13th among tight ends. So just given the landscape of tight end, as I jokingly like to say, it's as desolate as the wasteland in the Mad Max film. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Fan. I'm rolling with him. Going with him. Well, it's that time of year. Christmas is coming up quick. We're approaching the 25th, and our friends at MyBookie want to make your season special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports book in the industry, and this season they're getting in the spirit of giving of 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of gifts, a brand new gift every single day so you can take your game to the next level. They kick this promotion off on the 14th, free parlay for the UFC, and they keep up the gift giving through the 25th. You have free bets, free spins, futures, and more. Santa has his. They've checked off their list, and they got a little something for everyone. This is the promotion you won't want to miss, especially with the NBA and NHL. They're in full swing. All the college bowl games around the corner. It really is the holiday season, the best time of year for sports betting. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ask for. My bookies here. They make Christmas great again. Head over to mybookie.ag right now and use our promo code ROTOVIZ to get half of your initial deposit and free wagers. That's just the start of the savings. Check the site out during the promotion because they're going to be giving something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. Go sign up for MyBookie with our code ROTOVIZ and start winning today. That's mybookie.ag. Well, we'll go from Mad Max. Now I want to ask you, and I've asked everyone this, what's your favorite American band of all time? 
you know, for those who know me well, I'm a big, big uh, music guy. So I don't tweet about it too often, but sometimes I get into conversations about it. Uh, but for The Doors, uh, The Doors would be my uh, favorite American band. Excellent. Uh, Superior. A mix, great mix of, uh, you know, blues, jazz, and and poetry, you know, it's mesmerized me since I first heard uh, Light My Fire, you know, many years ago. Well, if you, that's an excellent one. And whether it's Light My Fire, Break On Through to the Other Side, I'm going to ask you here a question I got about Saturday night. So people are very nervous about Saturday night, Eric, with the Fantasy Championships, because, of course, just like with Thursdays, you don't want to get buried. You don't want the donut. You don't want the mistake on Saturday as you get ready for Sunday, the, the, the final day there with, with the Monday night game, of course, of the Fantasy Championship. So people are very nervous. And this guy wants to know, Brandon Cooks versus... Emmanuel Sanders in that game Niners Rams right Brandon Cooks looks like he was getting a little healthy becoming more involved in the offense after a real disappointing year and Manny Sanders of course has been outstanding but he is probably going to draw Jalen Ramsey so what are your thoughts there on Cooks versus Sanders on Saturday I'd rather roll the dice with uh, Emmanuel Sanders you know I have him ranked as a low-end wide receiver three Uh, I guess the best way for Sanders to avoid Ramsey is, is really to line him up in the slot. I'm like, Ramsey's only lined up as a slot cornerback uh, uh, close to 10% of the time uh, for this season. The thing with Cooks, I'm like, he's really been non-existent for most of the season. I'm like, he's only averaging around four targets per game, like over his last eight. And so just with the potential volume, you know, from Manny, uh, you know, that's the route that, that I would go. Well, while you're listening to The Doors there on a Friday night, what's the drink of choice in the Moody household? Yeah, I chuckled like at this question. So like our Friday nights, it's uh, usually consists of like a, like a movie night. You know, I've got a I've got a four year old girl, an eight year old boy. So you know, it's a lot of animated type films. But my uh, drink of choice uh, it would be like a cold pint of a uh, hefeweizen. Oh, or, yeah, or a glass. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, or a glass of cab because we always. Typically, we'll do like a movie night, which involves pizza. And so both of those beverages go very well with pizza. That's a great call. Ours with the kids, too. Same thing. Five-year-old boy, nine-year-old girl, pizza and wine on Fridays. But Hefeweizen, excellent. That's a good one. You're on fire here, Eric, so far in this pod. Uh, fantasy football momentum time, my friend. So I'm going to ask you, are these players going to keep their momentum off the week 15 performance? So my question is, do they give you another solid performance or do you think maybe the matchup isn't great and they could disappoint a little bit? Carlos Hyde. We don't like Carlos Hyde, Eric, but he does produce. Had 104 rushing yards and a touchdown against Tampa Bay. I see that he's questionable, but he's probably going to play there. Tough run defense. Carlos Hyde, what do you think? Yeah, I think the momentum stops for Hyde, mainly because of the Buccaneers' uh, run defense. I'm like, if you look back at uh, how they performed against top running back scores over the last five games, it hasn't looked good. I feel more confident in Hyde if he was used more in the passing game, but it may not be the case of having Duke Johnson on the, on the roster. So the momentum, unfortunately, stops. A big rivalry game here between Washington and New York, but of course, uh, the teams aren't doing as well as we would like, certainly. Sterling Shepard went 9 for 111. How's he going to do at Washington this week? Yeah, for Shepard, I believe the momentum uh, continues. You know, he's getting a high number of targets, like 8.5 targets per game uh, over his last four. And the Redskins defense, you know, is allowing, uh, you know, fairly high averages of uh, PPR fantasy points and receiving yards out of wide receivers over, over the last five games. So the momentum continues for Shepard. 
Darren Waller, fantastic year, started strong. I saw the other day I tweeted it out. I think Mike Clay put out the these players, the most players that are on fantasy teams that are in the championship, and Darren Waller was number four, but he kind of disappeared there for a while, but re-erupted last week, eight for 122. Now he's going to the Chargers. Yeah, so for Waller, uh, given the tight end landscape, you know, the momentum continues. I'm like, he's coming off of his fourth uh, 100-yard game of the season. I know over the last six games, he's been getting 7.2 targets. So the opportunities are there. So and he continues to be on the tight end one radar. So it continues. And for anyone here, last one for this segment, who has injuries to their wide receiving core. Let's say you're in a deep league. You got to play like four flex players. Do you trust Demir Bird at Seattle? I know that sounds crazy, but you're dealing with Kyler Murray. He stepped in. They like him. He went six for 86 there. They're playing Seattle. you got to figure they're going to put some points up. So if you're in a deep league and you have to start, let's say, four or five wide receivers or a few flexes, can you trust Demir Bird for a nice wide receiver four, let's say, uh, game here in the championship? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm like, you, you can trust Bird in, in that scenario. You know, If you're looking at a wide receiver four you know, or five, and in very, very deep formats. It's just, you know, 51 of his 86 receiving yards last week, you know, came on that one reception. I'm like, he's only averaged 4.1 targets per game this season, but, you know, his last week's stat line demonstrates, I'm like, all you need is one big play. So if you're in a pinch, absolutely throw him out there because Kyler Murray is one of my favorite streamers for this week. Yeah, next year could be the year of Kyler Murray, just like it was the year of Lamar Jackson this year. Eric, what's the best Christmas or birthday gift that you received as a kid that you always will remember? Yeah, the one that I remember the most, because uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big basketball fan. I just was following football so closely. I uh, I can't dedicate the time, you know, to basketball. But uh, you know, I did like basketball cards growing up, and I, so I would say that the best gift was. Uh, Michael Jordan's uh, rookie card, the uh, 1986 87 clear card. Yes, yes. So I was like, I, I always remember that. I've got that thing in a in a case that's probably about two inches thick. I don't think it's seen air for years, but that, that that's a favorite one. Yeah, I would think that you would have that under lasers. Uh, people try to uh, see it in your house. They got to go through the secret password and go in one of those suits, those airtight suits. That's a great one. What an excellent, excellent one. Uh, question here, rank these RB1s for the Fantasy Football Championship. So obviously this person with a very solid team. Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram. So Derrick Henry against New Orleans, at home but against New Orleans. Leonard Fournette, disappointing season but at Atlanta. And Mark Ingram at Cleveland in the payback game after they lost to the Browns earlier. So assume half PPR. Yeah, for uh, for these backs, like I've got Leonard Fournette, uh, then followed by uh, Derrick Henry and uh, Mark Ingram, and so I've all got them ranked as uh, RB ones uh, for this week. I'll just give a little little bit additional context, uh, you know, just for the person who asked the question. So, uh, if you look at like Fournette and Henry, like as far as like with opportunity share, I'm like they're ranked in the top five. You look at other efficiency metrics, you know, like breaker uh, breakaway runs and yards created. I'm like, they're, they're right there as well. Um, I know Fournette's played like 91.2% uh, of the snaps, and uh, he's actively used as a receiver out of the backfield this year. That's really the downside with Henry, uh, you know, because he's just not used that often as a receiver. He only has 25 targets on the season. Mark Ingram is one for where, you know, he's, he's definitely up and down, just given what Lamar Jackson does on the ground. So he does miss out on some opportunities. You know, only has an opportunity to share of 56.5%. 
So he is a little bit more riskier, you know, than the other two. I think what separates him from Fournette and Henry is just his ability to evade tackles. If you look at uh, fantasy data's uh, juke rate metric, uh, he ranks uh, first in that among all running backs. And that's a metric that isolates the running backs on the field elusiveness and tackle-breaking power by dividing the uh, total number of evaded tackles by the total number of touches. And so that's the way I would stack rank those individuals. But I'm like, if, if it's a scenario where you can start like all three, by all means, plug them into the lineup and uh, go get that championship. I thought this was an interesting question. I guess it's how much does the injury affect you, if at all? In Dynasty, Philip Lindsay or Carry On Johnson? So Philip Lindsay, certainly productive, but seems in a timeshare with Royce Freeman, all right? But certainly someone who gets opportunities. Carry On Johnson, injured, obviously has a great all around skill set. But I guess the question is is Carry On Johnson ever going to realize his potential, or are we better with a guy like Lindsay, who's pretty much been doing it here, even though he's sharing time? Yeah, and this was a this was an intriguing question as well because uh, you know with being uh, you know with Rotoviz, you we, we know how we feel about running backs. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. um, so I was thinking a lot about this one. I would go with Carry On Johnson. I'll give a little rationale for why. I'm like his usage early this season was very positive. I'm like he averaged nearly 18 opportunities per game in, in the six that he was in. Uh, unfortunately, you know he's had back to back season ending injuries. I'm like, Johnson has RB1 upside. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But really the window for him to put a stranglehold on like a bell cow type of role, it, it's shrinking. But I do feel better about him than uh, than Philip Lindsay because they still gave Royce Freeman a lot of opportunities for this year. And so I just don't know if, if they're ever going to fully commit to Lindsay. I know they said that they're going to, but we'll, I really want to see that extended over like a full season. It's DFS time, my friend. It's week 16. I've yet to win the million dollars. And I've offered this to everyone who's come on, that if you give me the advice and I win it, we're going to share the money. So week 16, Eric, here's your chance. Look into the crystal ball. Give me one person at each position, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that you think can pop. I'm looking at tournament plays. I'm looking at Millie Maker plays. Someone who maybe, you know, priced down mid or lower tier player that you think could really pop here. And like I said, we will split it. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Uh, for quarterback, I would say uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, that's a, a gem I would recommend. Uh, I just don't know if his uh, how his ownership percentage will be, if it'll be as high as some of the other uh, household names. But he has a really good matchup against the Cowboys. And, like the Cowboys defense, like over their last five games, have allowed you know twenty four point seven fantasy points per game to top quarterback scorers. With it being a division game, you know, bragging rights. You know, just the the the, uh, the dynamic here between like Eagles fans and Dallas and Cowboys fans, it, it's it's epic. And so I could see Wentz going boom. You look at running backs, uh, old man Adrian Peterson. He just does not go away. Uh, he is someone I recommend against the Giants this week. Had a pretty good game last week. You know, he had 16 rushing attempts for 66 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions for 25 yards. I'm like you've got guys, you know, Darius guys on injured reserve. Uh, Peterson will continue to dominate touches in the backfield. And with New York's defense, they are susceptible to, to big running back performances. So old man AP or AD, you know, whatever your nickname is for him, he may go boom for you. Christian Kirk uh, at the wide receiver position is a, is a gem I would recommend. Uh, had an okay game, I guess you could say, against the, uh, against the Browns last week. Maybe even had a touchdown if Kenyon Drake didn't hog them all for himself. Yeah, uh, crazy. Dominant in the red zone, right? 
But uh, you look at the uh, the Seahawks. Um, you know their defense is exploitable. I'm like they've allowed an average of 8.2 targets, six receptions, 84.2 receiving yards, you know, 0.4 touchdowns, and 17.6 PPR fantasy points per game to top wide receiver scores over its last five. So he's a guy that can go boom. And then we go to tight end. You know the the desolate wasteland. You know Jacob Hollister uh, could return to our good graces. I know he. Caught all three of his targets for 23 whopping yards, and the Seahawks went over the Panthers. But and he's accumulated, you know, 12 receptions and three touchdowns from week nine to ten. He's only averaged 5.2 targets, 3.8 receptions, and 31 receiving yards per game since then. Well, the good news is that he's back on the tight end one radar with the matchup against the Cardinals in Week 16. We all know about the plethora of fantasy points and yards and all sorts of other statistical goodness that Arizona's defense does give up the tight end. So those would be my four, and uh, we'll see, Mike. I'd love for you to win that million, my friend. <laughs> we'll take it from there. Oh, we will party, <laughs> my friend. We'll put pictures on social media there with the, with the $100 bills coming out. It'll be fantastic. Those are great ones, though, across the board, especially a guy like AP, who people are just not going to go to. They're going to ignore here against the Giants, but at home, and volume is king. Absolutely, he could pull one of those you know, two-touchdown games at the goal line. I think those are great calls across the board. Time for the Week 16 lightning round. Pick the player you think will have a bigger week, a bigger week 16 performance. Assume half PPR. I'm going to give you two players here, Eric. You pick one or the other. Let's start with Raheem Mostert at the Rams or James Conner at the Jets. Raheem Mostert. Yeah, even with those tough, those are two tough run defenses, but Mostert's been on fire. David Montgomery at home against the Chiefs or Patrick Laird against uh, at home there against the Bengals. This is a tough one. I'd still go with uh, with David Montgomery. The, the Bears just play so much better whenever they actually give him a workload. Uh, they win more games, so maybe they'll they'll kind of uh, get the pendulum swinging back to that. So Montgomery, yeah, especially because the Chiefs' defense, if you're going to attack, it needs to be on the ground. So I think he gets the volume. Drew yeah. Brees, Drew Brees, who's been on fire at Tennessee, or Matt Ryan at home against a Jacksonville team that's given up. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Drew Brees on this one. And better tight end play. Jack Doyle there, no Ebron versus Carolina, or Hunter Henry, who started to get it going last week at home against Oakland. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Hunter Henry on this one. I've got him ranked uh, as a top five tight end. My memory serves me right for uh, Doyle. I've got him, uh, I think, 10 to 12 range. Yep, can't go wrong siding with the athleticism, of course. I'm curious, what's the best sporting event you ever attended in person? Going back to basketball again, but uh, game six of the uh, 1994 NBA Finals between the Knicks and the Rockets, it was uh, epic watching uh, Patrick Ewing battle uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. So that was the game in game six. Houston won by two points. Then for game seven was the one where they uh, won the title. So that is title game to see all that. But that was that was a that was a fun game. Eric, that's crazy. I was watching that game at home. That was I, that was the O.J. Simpson situation, right? I mean, everything was going yeah. on around that time. And uh-huh. Starks was on fire. And I'm convinced if Elijah Wan did not block Starks' shot, that three-pointer goes in. We'll never know in Game 6. But then, of course, Starks was horrific in Game 7. But what a great game. That must have been amazing. No, that, that was awesome. And I, I was um, – yeah, we were rooting for the Knicks, actually, because uh, we were just in Houston for that summer. Uh, my dad had something with work, and so we just all like we just moved out there, like got an apartment, stayed there for the summer. So I, I grew up in Alabama, but uh, yeah, I'm like we were like the one of the only like Knicks fans <laughs> that were there. But yeah, you're right, Starks was on fire. 
he was on fire. He's been on fire, and so have you, my friend. Last question, then we'll get you out of here. Amazing job. I've been asking people this. Dynasty leagues, you're out of contention. Season's going to end. People are going to start wanting to compile those 2020 draft picks in a really robust draft class here. So who's the dynasty player? Some have said Juju, you know, OBJ maybe, that had a disappointing year that you think could have a big bounce back in 2020. So someone that maybe if you're willing to give up, you know, second or even a first round pick, but could really give you five solid seasons in dynasty. Yeah, I thought a lot about this uh, about this question. So uh, I know like Juju and like you know buying low on Juju, like OBJ, Devontae Adams. Those are all uh, those are all great uh, you know great great choices. It's one guy that came to mind that maybe under the radar, maybe not. I guess the, the listeners will tell me would be uh, like Jamison Crowder. He's just oh, one that yeah. immediately yeah. came to mind. Uh, he's got a great rapport with uh, Darnold. You know, the Jets signed him to a three-year deal, um, a lot of guaranteed money, uh, $17 million guaranteed off of a uh, uh, $28.5 million deal. So uh, I think he'll continue to be the focal point of the uh, Jets passing game, working out of the slot. You know, Robbie Anderson, who knows what will happen there. So it may just be the Crowder and Friends show in 2020. But I think – and them having this first uh, kind of – Full off season after playing together during the regular season between Darnold and Crowder, I just think the chemistry continues to get better. And so uh, I think he's a guy that you can get on the cheap now that can be a really nice return on investment in uh, 2020 and beyond. And from him playing in the slot too, even though he'll be 27 years old next season, um, I'm like, with those slot receivers, I'm like, their longevity is a little bit different than like someone that's on the outside. Oh, that's so a great it, call. That's a great, yeah. great call, man. Folks, Eric Moody, Fantasy Data NFL, Athletic, DL Football, tremendous follow on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. You can hit him up with stuff. He'll always give you advice. I've asked him for advice many, many times. Followed him here. He's one of the hardest working people in the business. Great fantasy football mind and writer. Eric, it was an honor to have you on the mailbag, man. And that check will be in the mail when Adrian Peterson has three touchdowns and 150 rushing yards, okay? I can't, can't wait to see it. But hey, Mike, thanks again for the invite. Uh, anytime the uh, the Viz uh, calls, I will, I will pick up the phone. Uh, yeah, just Great, great group, great articles, great content. Uh, love the team there. But no, thanks again. You call me anytime, I'll be here. You got it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag of Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Randall Ramp. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 